What's up, church planters and all you fans of church planting? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and fellow planter in arms, Matt Hess. And you guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planter. So whether you're a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. What's up, Matt? What's going on, my friend? Not much. Long time, no talk. Not yeah, re- I know. It's been a bit. I mean, uh, not really for us. We talk, but we just haven't talked on recording ourselves on a podcast in a while. Right. You think you haven't been recorded. I record all our conversations. Well, that's kind of creepy and weird. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Eric and I start. Eric and I watched this show the other night, man, on Netflix. It's amazing. It's called uh, The Pharmacist. Have you seen that? I haven't, but I've heard it's good. Oh man, it's really good. Mm. Uh, so I, I saw um, somebody on Twitter. They 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 said that they were uh, they knew of the place and stuff like that, and so they mentioned it, and so I I looked it up and we watched it, and man, it's really good. You know those docu series? They're like they're like addicting, man. You watch one episode. It's like, you got to binge watch the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they catch it. But anyways, yeah, man. But anyway, so this dude, he's like recording all these conversations that he's having with these people. And, uh, like it's, you know, I won't, I won't spoil it, but, um, it's a really good show, but it reminded me of when you said, at least we're not, or we haven't been recording, but that dude, that dude was always, it's some, some of the people on the, on the call, they'd be like, um, you're not recording me. Are you Mr. Whatever, and he was like, "No, no, I'm not." <laughs> Straight up lying to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, How are you well, guys, that's man? A, that's a foolproof way to make sure nobody's recording. You just ask. You're not recording, are you? No, no. Okay, good. I'm, I'm assured hey. now. You've given <laughs> this, me assurance. This reminds me of a story um, in church planning. All our listeners will appreciate this. Um, we had this guy, one of the new communities we were reaching out into. This guy was just like a wackadoodle, man. And, uh, he, he was just a bizarre cat. And, uh, he called, he calls me one day and he's like, uh, um, uh, or he left a voicemail or whatever. So I call him back and he was like, um, Oh, um, can I call you back in just one moment? And I was like, uh, yeah, sure. And so he, he calls me back and literally the call went like this. He's like, okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're not recording me are you yeah. <laughs> so like i found out later he records like he recorded like all his conversations and stuff and yeah he was just a weird dude man yeah we had somebody try to record us i i won't i'll just yeah yeah i know you, you're talking you about. remember yeah yeah so that was interesting those were fun times in ministry so always yeah, i don't know what the point of that is i guess yeah, like I, I, don't I, I don't know i don't know I mean, I guess we're just trying to catch those church planters up to no good. They must be doing something wrong. We're going to catch them one of these days. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, have you seen McMillions? Have you heard about this show, McMillions, on HBO? No. Nah. It mm-hmm. is great. It's um, basically about how uh, apparently like this, uh, the the Monopoly game that McDonald's used to run like way back in the day yeah. it was actually like uh, somebody found a way to rig it and so like almost Whoa. all the winners were fraudulent winners and there was basically like without giving too much of it away they were all connected all the winners were connected in a d- certain way because there was a a crime ring essentially that was like what? rigging the entire thing for the whole time it ran and like wow. and so the whole show is about like how it got 
cracked and it's really well done. Like it's it's really really well done. Uh, this the yeah. I don't know. HBO always does a good job on their documentaries, um, but it's kind wow. of like a true crime docu documentary, and so it's got it's pretty cool, pretty pretty fascinating uh, story. So. You'll have to check it out. Man. We're we're into we're into those like docu series, man. I know. Uh, it's probably like my favorite genre show, like documentaries, docu series. Yeah. I Me love too. that stuff. And I like it when it's well, not like grisly murders, like serial. Like I don't, I'm not a fan of like the serial killer that murdered 27 people. Like I'm like I don't know, man. I just kind of like I don't like pretty dark. Mark. Yeah, it is. So this one's more like I mean, it's bad that you stole millions of dollars from McDonald's, but you know, it's. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's what they get for selling that McGarbage oh, to people. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, but, but I tell you what, man, you talk about the like, but I can get down on some forensic files, man. Mm -hmm. Those forensic files, those that's a pretty cool show. Mm. Anyways, our listeners are like, what am I tuning into right yeah, now? They're like, oh, is this your personal conversation that you're actually recording or is this a podcast? <laughs> did, we, did we accidentally stumble? onto somebody's <laughs> personal conversation whoops i meant to upload the <laughs> podcast we recorded but i accidentally uploaded our cell phone conversation <laughs> you're like talking about tv shows oh man hey man how, how's your pets doing man i'm just joking. <laughs> that, literally got my cat you've got my cat flea bomb last night <laughs> in real life you have literally never once asked me how my pets are never, doing so i never. know you don't even care i'm sorry you don't even care about my pets <laughs> So <laughs> I, I care. That's not true. I care about your pets because you care about your pets. Well, I appreciate you and Jen that. care about your pets. We so do. I care about them. We do. I mean, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's, well, man, that's the level of my love for your pets. I guess as far as like a, uh, as far as like a life update goes, because it has been a while since we came out with an episode, been, but man, a couple, like what a couple months now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we uh, officially announced that we're adopting a child, and so we're in the process. We don't, we're not matched or anything yet. We're adopting internationally from Eastern Europe, so we're pretty excited about that. And that is uh, exciting. Yeah, so we've been in the throes of paperwork and the home study process, going through all that. So we're pretty pumped. And yeah, man, things have been going great here at uh, Pillar DC. Church is doing well. We moved into our new location. We got a new meeting location yeah. now. We're at the school, so we're we're out of the bar slash concert club <laughs> that we're meeting in, and now we're in a school, so we feel more like a real church plant. It's great. Right, um, yeah. So yeah, man, it's been good. And we got to come visit you guys in Canada a couple weeks ago. That was awesome. So that was pretty... Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, it was good to see Fellowship Oshawa, to see uh, see the church that we had planted up there and see yeah. how well they're doing. Um, you yeah. know, I, I was joking with somebody. I was like, I don't know if I should feel good or bad for the fact that they seem to be doing better than they were when we were there. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> so just a testament to God's goodness. And so, yeah, man. Yeah, I think I think it's a real question like a lot of pastors and planners deal with. You know, when you move on from a ministry, you're like, um, I, I remember hearing Kevin Azell <laughs> Kevin Hill talk one time. He was telling about how when he left his church in Indianapolis to become the president of AM, he he said, you know, I, I thought that it was gonna take them a little bit longer to move on. Like I was pretty it was pretty challenging for me, but he said, you know what, they moved on pretty quick. Yeah. And and I think that's like I think that's just the nature of ministry. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we're not talking about this today, but I mean, it's just another reminder, like our ministries have so little to do with us. You know, we're just stewards of the of what God, where God places us and what we do at that time. And yep. ultimately it's not about a, a, a person or people. It's about 
the gospel in Christ, you know? So, yeah. but well, I think, I think every planner that moves on or pastor moves on, you, you always kind of think, well, like, maybe you should be a little more sad that I'm not here. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? And so it's good. I might well, be a little bit in the flesh. Of oh, course. I'm sure it is. And you know, you say it's not what we're talking about, but it, I mean, in a way it does kind of feed into what we're going to be yeah, talking about today. Cause yeah. we're going to be talking a little bit about just uh, doing ministry in the flesh uh, versus doing ministry in the spirit and kind of the difference. And I think that when we're doing ministry in the flesh, we can start to think that like, well, our ministry, you know, needs us or it revolves around us. We, I don't think most, most of the people listening to this podcast, uh, just knowing the kind of the crowd that's going to listen to this, they would never say that, well, my ministry depends on me. I think everybody listening would say, well, my ministry depends on Christ Jesus and I am nothing and I'm dependent on Jesus. But a lot of times we can functionally act like our ministries do depend on us. Um, and you know, just by the way that we organize our schedule by the, the, the little time that we devote to prayer and fasting and the great amount of time that we devote to like strategizing and planning and thinking and scheming and, you know, you know, event eventing and, you know, whatever else, uh, whatever else that we're doing and filling our schedules with. Yeah. Hey, I just made up a new word. So it's my podcast. I can do it if I want. (laughs) It's my podcast. (laughs) It's my podcast. I can make up words if I want to. That's right. Um, Hey, also before we jump in, uh, I guess we should let the listeners know that. So Matt and I have been discussing over the past few weeks, like the future of in the trenches and uh, just what we wanted it to do. And we felt like we wanted to, to keep on uh, doing new episodes, but we also just uh, kind of the nature of our lives right now and where we're at in our ministries and what our families felt like uh, the, the weekly uh, grind of doing an episode every week was just uh, too much and that we needed to have some give in our calendars. And so we feel like the Lord is leading us to keep doing in the trenches, but to do it on a monthly basis rather than uh, a weekly basis um, because we need to uh, to be first and foremost taking care of our families and then the ministry that God's given us our, our churches that we're leading right now uh, and that's that's got to take primary importance but uh, we do want to yeah. continue putting out content on a monthly basis just to encourage you guys because uh, we enjoy doing it uh, and also Matt mm-hmm. and I have fun uh, having these conversations so yeah that's right man yeah, we've always said we want this to be a blessing to people. And, you know, t- like to Jared's point, I mean, uh, we're just in a season right now of just like uh, extreme busyness is, I guess, the way to call it. I almost like even to, to what we're going to be talking about today, prayer, being still before the Father and, you know, spirit led ministry and stuff like that. I, 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 I've learned like to, that word busy is almost like our enemy, you know, because we um, we all live busy lives, uh, but y- you do only get so much time in every day yeah. and like how you prioritize it and yeah. and all that kind of stuff is important. So right. yeah, man, excited to keep on though. It's going to be good. Yeah, it will. Um, so, uh, well, this episode will be coming out on Monday, the, I don't know. I don't know. Today's the 13th of February, but this episode is going to come out on the yes. 17th or something like that. And so we'll probably try to do about the, the same rhythm, uh, same time uh, next month in March. We'll have another episode coming out. So, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully uh, you guys will enjoy this and it'll be a benefit to you. And uh, I'd also like to ask our listeners, too, if there are specific topics or issues that you want Matt and I to address on the podcast, uh, shoot us a message on our Facebook page in the trenches or in the show notes. Uh, you can 
find my email address and Matt's email address. We always love hearing from you guys. We love hearing feedback. Mm-hmm. And so you can also message us uh, if you have comments or questions you'd like us to address. So, um, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Uh, so let's go ahead and move into the topic. So we're going to talk about doing ministry in the flesh versus doing ministry in the spirit. And uh, there's a couple of things that have prompted us to talk about this. First of all, uh, Matt and I are actually going to be starting a cohort together um, through, uh, I don't know, uh, our, our the last episode that we recorded in December with Vance Pittman, and he uh, mentioned um, strategic renewal um, and the 6-4 Fellowship. And so the 6-4 Fellowship uh, is doing a cohort of pastors just from around the U.S. Um, that uh, we're coming together just basically to spur one another on and to get tools to help us grow, first of all, in our personal prayer life and also how to lead our congregation into having a culture of prayer. Um, mm. So that's that's one of the things that obviously we've been thinking a lot about. But secondly, this past week, um, I, I had this past week uh, basically – um, uh, a, one of the harder weeks of my, uh, you know, my entire ministry, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, just because I ended up putting up way too much on my plate, um, and really have kind of, everything kind of came to a head and culminated last week. And just, I kind of realized like, I'm, I'm not healthy right now in the way that I am organizing my calendar in the way that I'm saying yes to everything, the, the, the amount of stuff I'm trying to do <laughs> for God, uh, basically. And, you know, it just got me to thinking how, you know, like, so basically like what God has clearly spoken to me about is that I haven't been doing a good job of obeying him in taking adequate Sabbath rest, uh, and really, um, you know, abiding in prayer like, uh, I should. And it's just caused me to think about how we can, it's so easy as church planners to slip into this, um, pattern where we can hold meetings, we can um, meet up for discipleship, we can, you know, plan sermon series, uh, we can make decisions on a, you know, like leadership decisions for the direction of our church, even without genuinely having seriously done some prayer and fasting uh, uh, about those decisions and about those meetings. And, you know, we may, you know, toss in a prayer right before we start because we know that's what we're supposed to do. And I think we mean well, like we do know we need to pray, but I don't know if we really uh, do such a great job of really walking by the spirit and, and spending significant time praying and listening like we ought to. Um, and I mean, uh, I'm sure there's some of us that are better than others at that, but, uh, I think that's something that is probably a more pervasive issue than we realize. Yeah, man, just trying to be a good listener there and hear all that. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, that was I your kind it's... way of saying that I just talk too much. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, man, I not at all. Um, you, you know, I, honestly, man, I think that I've, 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 I've yet to meet, you know, very many leaders who say, "Yeah, man, my prayer life is awesome," and uh, you know, I, I think that's, I think that few guys have feel like they've arrived in that area. I don't think we should ever feel like we've arrived. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. You know, I, I look back on, uh, I was reading this article this past week and this guy was talking about things he would do different if he was to plant a church like next week. And there's a really good article by a guy named Paul Carter. You can look it up. I think it's like five things I would do different as a church planner. Paul Carter is, um, 
connected with the Gospel Coalition of Canada. Um, he, he pastors a church, First Baptist Church Aurelia up here in, on, in Ontario, um, in Canada. But um, Paul talked about one of the things he said that, like I think it was like the last thing, he said that he would start with a, a devotion to Acts chapter 6, verse 4, which is, you know, hmm. the, the, they continually devoted themselves to the word of teaching of the word of God and to prayer. And he, he said, I would build my church on preaching and prayer. And that just really struck me, man, because like, I think that to your point, like we know we're supposed to pray. We, we say these prayers and, and uh, we even spend time I'm in prayer and all that kind of stuff, but I don't know if we really look at prayer like it's the fuel for the jet. You know, I think it's, I think we look at prayer like it's something you just do, you kind of add on, but really it's our efforts and it's our power and it's the things that we do that makes the church successful or not successful. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, man, just, I've been just learning so much about prayer and, and, and all those things. But I think it's a huge, huge issue in the life of, of the church, of, in the lives of church leaders, and in particularly church planters. Um, because most church planters are entrepreneurial type A, go get them type people. And man, it's fascinating to me how God never works in silos in our lives. Because I'll give you an example, you know, like <clears throat> I've been trying to finish this uh degree for multiple years and and you know and and i've completed everything except for the writing portion and because i have a really tough time just being still Mm. and doing that um because i i feel like i'm getting more accomplished when i'm out in meetings or i'm out knocking on doors or i'm out telling people about Jesus or I'm out doing this. And, you know, you just transfer that over to your spiritual life. And it's the same thing. You know, it's like, I I don't, I don't sit still very easily. I don't listen to the father very well. Um, And so I want that to change in my life, you know? Uh, And I, and I want to lead our church, the church I serve at. And, and I want to lead our network and other church planners and people that I influence to be able to, to take their prayer lives to the place that God wants them to be. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I think a lot of church planners struggle with that. You know, I mean, you know me, uh, you know, really well and you know, obviously that I have similar, you know, struggles in terms of just, you know, being still, um, because I do think we have, because most church planners are apostolically wired. Uh, they are go getters. Um, their nature is to go out and to do things. Right. And so, um, when, and it, and it can feel, it feels like we're not doing anything when we're praying proactively, but yeah. you know, what we know in reality is that like when we're praying and when we're waiting on God, God can do in one second, what we couldn't do in 10,000 lifetimes of ministry in our own strength. Um, but it's difficult, I think for us to get that through, you know, our thick skulls sometimes because, you know, just the way we're wired, it doesn't feel that way. Right. And so we have this, I think 
tendency to to strive, you know. And I think like I don't, I don't think it it doesn't come from like impure motives. Like I I think the motives are, are pure and genuine. And most church planners that they genuinely want to see the lost saved, they genuinely want God to be glorified. Uh, they genuinely want their church to be healthy to grow. They wanna they want to uh, to you know divide the word of truth rightly when they preach. Those are all good things and desires, but we can't do those things uh, at all or not let alone well if we're not walking by the Spirit. And I think that we operate, like, and I know this isn't theologically probably like accurate or whatever. And, you know, some of the, some of the, Oh, well, go ahead and say it then. Who cares? You heard it. (laughs) Oh man. I guess I shouldn't preface a sentence with that, right? This isn't theologically accurate, but I'm going to say it anyways. (laughs) You know what? The Bible be, you know, who cares? What I was going to say is, I don't know, like, this probably isn't the best way to say this because uh, those theological, um, you know, types or whatever could could nitpick this. But I think that we operate at, uh, you know, maybe like 10% of the Spirit's power a lot of times. Um, and yeah. we're really kind of, there's more Jared in there than there is Spirit in terms of a lot of the work I'm doing. And it makes it exhausting. Yeah. And ironically, I get less done. Um, yeah. Then I could, if I were to maybe like take some things off of my calendar and put a little bit more yeah. margin to just not be rushed and to to sit and listen. And so that's what God's been challenging me to do over the past week, man. Is like, Jared, you need to stop trying to do so much stuff, and you need to start just being with me more. You know, um, I mean, like I was thinking about two things. You know, the. Uh, I feel like God has set, keep, I feel like God has been like saying this to me repeatedly, you know, over the past couple of weeks, he's, you know, kind of like, you know, I've been in ministry. I started in around 2001. So I've been in ministry for you know, pushing 20 years now. Hey, you're old. And um, I'm an old man. I'm going to be 40 next year, bro. It's crazy. Um, but you know, like I, I think about, I, I feel like God has said, to me all right you know you've you've tried to do it your way now for almost 20 years hmm. and like um when are you gonna when are you gonna do it my way and um and it's like you know i really wrestle with that as i spend time in his word and and because i feel like man i've tried to honor you lord i've tried to preach your word i've tried to exercise the gifts that you've given me you know i've tried to do those things and you know, I've tried to be faithful. Um, but I, but I actually believe that it's not that we necessarily like to your point, I don't, it's not necessarily that we've had bad motives or that you do things, you know, wrong. It's just that how much I look back and I think like, how much have we done in our own power versus Mm -hmm. through the power of the Holy spirit. Yep. And, um, I don't know how you quantitate such things. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know it's, all, I mean? it's tough to tell sometimes, isn't it? But yeah, I think it is. But, you know, I think when the spirit falls, you know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's been times in my ministry, man, where the spirit comes and you know it. And you get these little glimpses um, and you're like, man, where do what, what is taking place in those moments? You know, what is happening in those moments? You know, some of our listeners, however you're wired, you know, you're going to be like, Oh gosh, this is like a lot of 
experiential stuff that we're talking about here now, you know? Um, and, and I, and I would, I grew up in an experience based, uh, church and ministry philosophy. And I, I agree that there's dangers in that. Um, ultimately the word of God is the truth and our compass and all those kinds of things. But the Bible also says that it's alive and our life in Christ is alive. And Jesus also says in John 10, 10, that he's come to give us life abundantly. Mm-hmm. And so if we're not experiencing that, then something's wrong. I'm not about to call Jesus a liar. I'm not about to say to him, oh, the abundant life's really not for me. And we know it's not what the prosperity heretics teach. We know it's not about money and health and all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So what is the abundant life? The, the abundant life is to me, the fruits of the spirit. Mm. When you are connected to the vine, John 15, five, when you're abiding in the vine, then you bear fruit for the glory of God. And you sense that peace. It's why you read stories about martyrs who are getting their heads lopped off singing hymns. You know, Mm -hmm. it's because they have this supernatural peace and joy in Jesus. And, I think we should experience that. I think we should feel that. I think we should know that. I I just, and so, you know, the next logical question is why then are we not experiencing that? And I just, man, I'm just convinced more than ever, man. I know my personal life and then, um, you know, take it to ministry levels or whatever. We're just a distracted people, man. Mm -hmm. We are just a distracted, distracted people. We are so distracted by every little shiny thing that comes our way. We're distracted with technology. Um, we, we allow good gifts like relationships to become idols and uh, mm-hmm. we stop seeking the father. One thing, you know, like that we're already learning like in this cohort, just we start the first time today, but just in this book we're reading is just like, what is the motivation for why you pray? And I've had to really think through that, man. Like, why yeah. do I pray? And yeah. I think if I'm being honest, <laughs> A lot of my prayer life has been man-centered mm-hmm. for a lot of years because I want to see people saved and I want to see my church grow and I want to see, you know, you your guys' adoption. I want to see whole babies and all that stuff. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. What I just said, those are all good things, mm-hmm. but we don't pray just for that. Mm-mm. We pray because God is worthy to be sought. Yeah, And that's, that's what I'm really working through right now with the spirit is I want to pray just to be in the presence of God, because think about it, man, when you're in a good conversation with somebody, like you guys came over to our house a few weeks ago and we talked for hours, you know, we hadn't seen you were catching up and stuff like that. We're not looking at our clocks. We're Mm -hmm. not, we're not trying to say like, Hey, you guys got to go home or you got to do this. But how often do we do that in our prayer time Mm -hmm. with the creator of the universe, with the one who saved us, Yeah, you know, and, and we're just like, well, I got to get this meeting, you know, and, we say these little shallow prayers and stuff, you know, and I think oftentimes for me, it's because I'm not really just praying to be in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. I'm praying to get something from God. Yeah. And prayer is not a transaction, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think I treat it too much like that. And I think, you know, like for me, at least like I'm kind of speaking from, you know, personal experience and, and a little bit of vulnerability here. 
like part of it is that I I'm not sure that I completely am very good at or even completely understand how to pray just to be in the presence of God a lot because we yeah. like I I think and it's not just me I think most of us haven't really done it that much we don't really yeah. know how um, because we don't we don't do it ever um, because we are literally like you said we're in an extremely distracted society we don't know how to meditate you know Psalm 1 talks about you know how blessed is the man who uh, uh, who doesn't sit with in the count stand in the council of the wicked or sit in the seat of scoffers but his delight yeah. is in the law of the Lord and on it he meditates day and night he is like a tree planted by streams of water um, and so he talks about how in its season it bears fruit and you know it doesn't grow it doesn't wither like, I don't think we really, I don't know if any of us do that well. I mean, I'm sure yeah. some people do, but very few people know how to truly meditate on uh, God's, who God is day and night, spend time in his presence like that because. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. You're, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. I mean, like, and then what happens is the world comes in and they give all these counterfeit things, mm -hmm. you know, it's like yoga and mm. you know i mean yoga teaches you to empty your mind you know of everything and and uh don't get me started you know, on churches offering yoga bro no i'm not i don't want to go down a rabbit no, trail no, here no, but won't. i'm just saying there's like you know when the world hears meditation you know like i go there and meditate or i saw this interview like with tom brady and um he talked about meditation how do you meditate you know and stuff like that and i'm just thinking like as a non-believer, like, what does that even look like? Yeah. I mean, I fall asleep in prayer, ashamedly sometimes, if it's early in the morning, and I know Christ. And I just think, like, why does that happen? You know, most of the time, we're not, we're not starting our prayer time with God. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I taught... Uh, I taught on, we've been going through this uh, sermon the past couple of weeks at, at Fellowship Pickering about, it's like a two-part sermon about, you know, um, how to have a powerful prayer life. And, you know, the, the, the first point um, in that passage we talked about, in Ephesians 3, 16 through 20, is you have to start with God. Mm -hmm. I, like, I have to start with God in my prayer life. And, and if I, if I, you know, it's like, well, how often can you thank God for the cross or how often can you praise God for, hey, until he calls me home, I'm, I can thank him. Until he calls me home, I can praise him for the cross or his death, burial, and resurrection, you know. But that's why it's so powerful to, to pray the word of God back to God, to start with God, to start with truth. You know, what, who, where, where, do we, where do we get the, our ideas about God from as Christians? Mm -hmm. His word. Yeah. His word tells us who we are. We go to the Proverbs. We go to the Psalms. Mm -hmm. You know, we it's all throughout the Bible. And we we praise God. We start there. And that's how we just kind of get into his presence before we start to ask or whatever else that he wants us to do. But we set the time. We, we set our time the wrong way. I know I have for many, many years. Um, I, I don't I don't know if I'll. I don't know if I praise God very well in my prayer time. Mm -hmm. um, if I meditate on his word, you know, um, and, and, and all those things that, that transforms our life over a period of time. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, man. Um, well, I, I think that, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, we can even do is we can start 
you know, striving even in our own personal walks where, you know, like I'll find myself a lot of times uh, in my prayer life, almost focusing in on, um, you know, my own faults and my own shortcomings and asking God, you know, help me, you know, like praying about focusing on my, you know, fear of man or focusing on, you know, my distractedness and my prayerlessness and, you know, God help me to overcome this and God, you know, help me overcome my unbelief and things like that. And like, even in prayer, like we can kind of get focused on this almost, you know, performance based, you know, kind of a deal rather than yeah. uh, trusting in him and depending on him. So, um, yeah, yeah, man. So, so true. Yep. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I was thinking this morning, uh, I was, I was reading, uh, out of Ephesians one this morning. And I think that when it comes to, you know, doing ministry in the flesh versus doing it in the spirit, uh, I, I think that like, we just have to remember just how, um, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't know how to say this, uh, you know, um, in the right way, I guess, but I, I guess, uh, how much God doesn't really need us. Uh, like we, God really doesn't need us. Um, and you know, even talking about earlier, the example of how, after we left Canada and left the church of fellowship, Oshawa, how, uh, you know, that church is doing great. You know, and, you know, I, I, I spent countless hours worrying, you know, about that church and, you know, praying Mm -hmm. and, you know, worrying if thinking like I needed to be all hands on deck all the time. I always needed to be focused on the church because, you know, what's going to happen to them if I don't, or we're not going to grow. And it's just been a great example having moved on and having about six months of separation now looking back and going, well, they haven't had me for six months now and I haven't been focused on that church and I haven't been, you know, like checking in with everybody all the time and they're doing just fine because the Holy Spirit is sustaining them. Like uh, Ephesians 1 this morning uh, in verse 13 and 14 um, says that uh, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. And so there's this, you know, there's this progression like, uh, you know, people hear the word, they believe it, they're sealed with the spirit and their, their salvation is guaranteed like they, until they acquire possession of it. First Peter chapter one says that, uh, it's being kept in heaven. So like first Peter one, three to five says, uh, that God has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an mm. inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And it's just, yeah. and you, you can't read the Bible especially the New Testament and almost there, there's almost not a single page there where you can't read something like that that just screams at us that God is absolutely completely sovereignly in control of every single aspect of yeah. life and including our church and including the salvation of people in our city. He does not need us. Yeah, man. So. It's, it, you know, it's, it's this, it's this, it's this theological truth that, God doesn't need us to accomplish what he desires to accomplish. And yet the core and at the, at the heart of, of Christianity is relationship. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the glory of God, why we exist and we exist to 
to glorify Jesus, but yet everything is is founded and and rooted and grounded. Paul says in love, it, so it's relationship in love, and and I think when we when we grasp that concept that God doesn't need us, and yet He wants us, right? Mm-hmm. You say, well, how? because He sent His Son to redeem us to rescue us, to pursue us. He left the 99 to come after the one. I'm the one, you're the one, yep. you know, he, he, when we get a hold of that love, how, how great, uh, how deep, how wide his love is for us. Then I think that, I think not the natural, I don't want to say natural because it's not a natural response. Our natural inclination as, as creation is to rebel against that love, to push back against that love, to do what we want to do. But when the spirit of God comes in and places his spirit into ours, now we're reconciled. And then the, the supernatural response, when we get a hold of the way God loves us is to be in communion with him, to, 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 to desire him. And, it's just like it's it's not just like any relationship. It's a it's a one of a kind supernatural out of this world relationship. I don't want to belittle the relationship between God and man, but it is just like any relationship in the fact that you've got to work at it mm-hmm. and not work at it in. And we hear that work at it and we think, well, like, yeah, it's my marriage. So I got to take a marriage retreat. I got to take a conference. I got to do this. No, it's a supernatural spiritual mm-hmm. work in us. See, I, we, we, we even need the whole, a lady came up to me after our service on Sunday and um, she said, man, I want to pray, but I, I don't even know what to pray. I don't even uh, know how to pray sometimes. And I said, listen, I said, start every single day this week, your prayer time with one thing, ask the Holy Spirit to give you a desire to commune and talk with God mm-hmm. because what you're doing, you're inviting him. To, to do something that you can't do and that you failed doing a million and one times, which is trying to pray in the flesh. We, we cannot apply principles of this world to, to supernatural principles and think that it's going to get us by our work. Mm-hmm. That's why you see guys and you're like, man, that guy's a prayer warrior, man. That guy's leading a mega church. And man, look at the influence that guy has. And man, the Shekinah glories on that guy and all this kind of stuff. And then he has a moral failure. You find out like for six years, this dude's sleeping with this secretary or whatever. It's like, wait, wait a minute. Like you've taught on prayer and you've done all this. Well, it's because he's doing it in the flesh. Mm. He's do- You can look at the part, man. Actors get paid millions and millions and millions of dollars for being somebody yep. on the screen. And if we're not careful, we can play that part as Christians, but we do it in the flesh. And what does the Bible say? It doesn't, it doesn't add up to anything. It just burns up hay and stubble. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So what is your, um, uh, you know, one of the things that I was actually, you know, working on this morning is um, uh, I, I think that, 
because we get so distracted and it's so hard for us to focus, like I find that organization is really necessary in my life, like for my calendar and even for things like a prayer journal or something like that or my prayer life. Like I need some organization because I can't just like, you know, wake up in the morning and crack and just have my Bible on an empty piece of paper. And because like <laughs> my brain will just go have a party and, you know, it'll be all over the place. So yeah. what do you do for your personal quiet time just to try to organize your prayer life? Is there anything? it's like different in so many different seasons yeah. in my life um to be honest but i think right now i'll just give you one instead of uh instead of fleshing everything out mm-hmm. the one thing that i have found intensely and super 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 helpful is my frame of mind that i bring into my quiet time mm-hmm. and what i mean by that is I don't want, I alluded to it earlier. I don't want to rush in and out of the presence of God anymore. I want to spend time with God. And if, if I put my quiet time and life happens, emergencies happen, you know, you guys are going to soon discover kids happen, all, all kinds of things happen. But if, if I go into my quiet time with, okay, I've got 30 minutes or, okay, I've got 45 minutes and I got to get to this meeting. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Sometimes you have to do that, right? But I but I've I've learned that almost if I can just spend time with the Lord and it's it's unhindered. If I want to be with him for if he wants to do something in that time with me for 2 hours, like I can do that. He can do that. If if uh if it's 30 minutes, it's 30 minutes. It I mean, like but but if I try to program or schedule my quiet time where it has to be a, a chunk of time, I feel like I'm, my mentality is I'm just trying to get through it. Mm. And even when I'm praying and talking to the Lord, I'm thinking about meetings I got to get to. I'm thinking about things. I'm thinking about things I have to do throughout my day. It's one thing to take your day before the Lord and ask him to lead it and to guide it and to bless it and, and honor him with it. It's another thing when you're in your quiet time and you're thinking about having to get to those meetings. Mm-hmm. And I think I've been in the latter camp for far too long. So yep. I, like one thing that's really, really helped me is to go into my quiet time unhindered in my, my, my frame of mind thinking I've got to finish this so I can get to that. Mm-hmm. Does that all make sense? I don't Absolutely. Know. It does. Yeah. I, I, uh, I was, thinking something very similar and this is something that God's been showing me I, I realize this week actually uh, and I've kind of known this in the back of my head but I, it's kind of uh, God's hit me square between the eyes with it this past week that um, wait I have a Sabbath day quote unquote that I take on Mondays and that's that's been my um, my rhythm and this past week actually has caused me to completely change the way I do my calendar and then I might talk about that in a second but um, basically what's been happening though is I work six days a week uh, and I would take off Mondays. But really what was happening on Mondays is instead of just working on my church to-do list, I was just working on the to- every the other to-do list. that. I- and so, you know, we're working on adoption right now and we've got, you know, we've got stuff at the house that needs to be done. And so I wasn't resting. I didn't have any time, you know, uh, Mondays are the days that I'm scheduling all my meetings. If I've got a doctor appointment or if I got to go, you know, like uh, have the electrician come over to the house or do this or do that. And so same thing, like I'm, ha- I'm, I'm getting up, I've only got a couple of hours to, you know, get up, go to the gym, get dressed, have my quiet time. And Monday, I, I don't have any just untouched 
blocks of time where I can take my Bible. I could take maybe a good, you know, even like a good book, you know, like and and, yeah. and go to my basement or go to the coffee shop and just with no agenda, no no time to end it. I can just meditate, think, reflect on life, journal, pray, and not feel like I need to be somewhere. I I was telling uh, my friend uh, who's uh, we, I was talking about about this the other day. I can't remember the last time I did that since I've moved. Yeah. I don't think I've done it once. And that's what I mean when I say like, God really like kind of <clears throat> shook me this week and showed me like, Jared, you have, you've honestly, I've been in sin because I haven't been yeah. taking Sabbath rest, you know, and it's not sustainable. And I think that we do that too much as church planners. I think we have got yeah. to create, it's not a waste of time and you're not, I feel like we have this keep up with the Joneses mentality in church planting that like we've got to hustle hard. And if, you know, if we've got, oh no, like God forbid, you know, I've got, you know, two off days in a week, you know, where uh, maybe you do need two off days in a week to take care of your family and to have uninterrupted time where you're just spending with God, because that's where the power is going to come from for the other five days of the week. You're not going to have any power. You can work six and a half days a week, but if you're not abiding, it's useless. So, and I, I, yeah, it's so true, man. I say this all the time to guys and I've said this a million times to you, but like the Holy spirit is promised to come to us at salvation and we're born again and he comes and lives within us. Mm-hmm. But the Bible teaches multiple, multiple feelings and anointings of the spirit of God. And we get depleted. We get depleted of that power as we do ministry and people sit, push back on this. Oh, what is it? Look at, look at the life of Jesus. I mean, this is God and the flesh and he had to go away to get recharged. He had to do it. Anybody, to go that's, away and... anybody that's pushing back against that, you need to go read Galatians yeah. chapter five, verses 16 to 22 there. You, it is, you can walk by the spirit or you cannot as a believer. That's right. And that's exactly that's right. what Matt's and, talking about. You know, to, and, and to live in the power of God, is something completely different than to live in the flesh. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and uh, boy, I sure don't have it figured out, but I know this, there are times in my life where I am preaching sermons in the spirit. I am walking in the spirit and, and there are times when I'm not, and I don't want to paint a picture for our listeners that like, Oh, it's this mysterious. Who knows? How do you really know? Mm-hmm. No, the Bible tells us the Bible tells us the things that hinder us from being in the presence of God. Uh, typically sin, you know, um, uh, false motives. Um, I mean, I mean, shoot, we, we got problems with our wives. If we got marriage problems, the Bible says God won't hear us. Mm-hmm. If we've mistreated our, our wives and we're going to get up and preach sermons. Yeah. I mean, and it, so it's not rocket science. We're just not doing it. it, it you know, man, and you're, you're absolutely right. And I know we're running out of time here, mm-hmm. but I just want to touch on this. Um, you know, we, we live in a society that promotes and pushes success like no other. And even, and you know, you, and you get it like in the business world, you get it on Bay Street, downtown Toronto, Wall Street in the States. I mean, you get it. But like in, in, in church life, you see it, man. And it's like um, – you're not really, you're not really, uh, you haven't really arrived if you're, if you've got 1700 meetings a week or, you know, if you're doing this or you're doing that. And, uh, I mean like the, 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 
the pushback is, is like, when do you spend time with God? When do I spend time with the Lord? You know? And so the natural result is you're doing all these things in the flesh. You're doing all these ministries in the flesh because you haven't really spent time with the Lord to, to let him fill your cup back up Mm -hmm. and to be re-energized, to be recharged. It's why we get grouchy with people. It's why we think bad thoughts about people. Cause when you're tired and when you're, when you're not spending time with the Lord, you're not going to renew your mind, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so all these things lead to, to, uh, you know, prayerlessness and a, a, a lack of dependency on God. And, um, you know, I, I love what Jim Simbola says, you know, he, uh, he, he said people, you know, he, he says he passes Brooklyn Tabernacle and he says, people ask him when he travels all the time, what's your vision, you, you know, for Brooklyn Tabernacle. And he says, um, I didn't know I was supposed to have one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, the Bible says we're supposed to pray. We're supposed to share Jesus with people. We're supposed to love the poor. I mean, like, and and I and I, and I get it, man. You need vision and to articulate to people in your church and stuff like that. But I just wonder yeah. sometimes how much, yeah. you know, as church planners, we emphasize that's that's the wrong things, yep. man, yep. to people. Yeah, how much of that are we doing because of the lack of the Spirit's power, and so we feel the necessity to emphasize those things, and because it's. Yeah. No, I, I've, I've been thinking a lot about that too, man. Uh, and I think it's, it's for sure worth exploring some more. So we're at, we're up, we're up against it for, uh, today's episode. So uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and wrap time. it up. Yeah, it is. So, uh, I want to thank our listeners for tuning back in and, uh, uh, for another episode of in the trenches, make sure you guys go and, uh, let everybody know in the trenches is back. We're back up and running. We're going to be coming out with a new episode once a month. Uh, so, uh, make sure you, uh, uh, share this episode with people. And if you haven't subscribed yet, uh, you can go on to iTunes or uh, Spotify or other platforms where In the Trenches is hosted. And you can hit that subscribe button. And that way, whenever the new episodes come out, it'll uh, come right to your device and you'll be able to listen to it. Um, we're going to be back next month with another episode of In the Trenches. So until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planners. Church planners.